Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at My Peace Corps Story, on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story, and as always, over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com. If you've been listening to the show, finding value in the show, and haven't left me a review... Uh, come on! Head on over to uh, Apple uh, Podcast or iTunes and drop a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. In addition to leaving a review, uh, if you are a return Peace Corps volunteer, uh, please share this podcast and encourage uh, fellow Peace Corps volunteers to come on the show if they have a story to tell. I'm finding it harder and harder uh, to, to get people uh, to come on the show, people who sort of self-select. So I'm having to go out and be very, very active in finding people. And that takes a lot of time. Uh, so I don't want this show to end. So please help me by reaching people who might want to tell their story on the podcast. Speaking of Peace Corps stories, I have an excellent one uh, for you guys today. I talked to a volunteer who served in Zambia, but who was born on the continent of Africa. So we talk about being an African, serving in an African country as a Peace Corps volunteer. I touch on some topics of dating in the Peace Corps, poaching, and much more. So without further ado... This is, this is, this is, this is my, my Peace Corps, Peace Corps, my Peace Corps, my Peace Corps story, story, story. My name is Sina Woldetinse, and this is my Peace Corps story. Hey, Sina, how are you doing? Hi, Tyler, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, and uh, just from the, the brief little bit that we were chatting uh, before formally starting the interview, uh, just getting to know a little bit more about your service and some of the things we're going to hit on, I'm definitely excited uh, for this interview, so I hope you are too. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. Well, let's start off by letting the listeners know a little bit about you uh, and your Peace Corps service. Uh, but but first off, uh, like, what, what was your background before going into the Peace Corps? And maybe what, uh, what made you think of Peace Corps as being something that you wanted to do? I have an Ethiopian native background. I was born um, in Ethiopia. And then I moved to the U.S. when I was nine. Um, and Peace Corps was always an interest of mine because I um, wanted to do anthropology. I, I thought it was always interesting to study different cultures and um, travel and um, get a different perspective. So my high school freshman year um, teacher thought that it would be a good idea for me to join Peace Corps when she um, noticed my passion for other cultures and interest um, and traveling and things. And so she recommended it to me and she's like, you should join Peace Corps. And ever since it was kind of in the back of my mind. And, um, when I went to college, I did a couple of study abroads and it really piqued my interest, um, to want to pursue Peace Corps after I graduated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How interesting that it was a, a teacher 
that early on was suggesting Peace Corps. Very, very rarely do I hear of teachers suggesting Peace Corps, but definitely not not that early. Usually, it's when someone is an undergrad, you know, about to graduate, not when they're still in grade school. Yeah, yeah. I also thought it was it was very surprising because that summer, right before I went into um, freshman year. I I had took a trip to Ethiopia and saw some family and I was just really curious about, you know, what it would be to have continued um, that long term. And she really noticed my passion and she was just saying, yeah, you should, I think, I don't know if she had friends that did Peace Corps, but she, she talked to me um, after class and she was very serious about it and said, you should really consider it. And ever since then I was like, oh, okay. And that's kind of when my, my peak started. So. Mm Mm-hmm. And and this maybe is just a a, a blanket uh, no or you don't know which is fine, uh, but mm-hmm. Peace Corps has been in Ethiopia for such a, a long time since the yes. beginning. I, I think I think it was one of the first countries. Uh, yes. Did did your family have interaction with Peace Corps volunteers or know about Peace Corps? Um, my family personally no, but um, another addition to my interest in Peace Corps was when I was traveling to Ethiopia, um, my mom and I met a fellow Peace Corps volunteer who uh, happened to be at a local hotel just using the using Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my mom and I having interaction with her and we gave her a ride. And, and I was very impressed with her ability to have um, spoke the Ethiopian Amharic as well as she did. And that just kind of reaffirmed my um, interest and passion. And this was way before because this was kind of right after high school I graduated. I took another trip and um, that solidified it. But my family personally with a Peace Corps volunteer way before, no, um, that that did not happen. But somewhere along the way it did in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, let's get into your actual service as a volunteer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where did you serve and what exactly were you doing? So I served in Serenje district, um, Chibobo village in central province, Zambia. Um, And I was a community health improvement um, project volunteer. Um, And so I did a lot of work with, sanitation, HIV education, malaria education, um, all-encompassing health education overall. Um, But some of my favorite and passionate work that I did was related to HIV um, within my village. Mm -hmm. And would that be sort of training sessions at your local hospital or clinic or going out in the community like what what were you doing with HIV in particular? Yeah, so as you know, um with Peace Corps with for my first 3 months of um assessment and kind of surveying and um getting a scope of what my community needed, I realized that um HIV education was one of the um main sectors that was lacking. Um a lot of um my community members um reached out to me and just talked about how the stigma and the discrimination was, was very high um, within my village and that we needed to do more HIV related projects. And um, back to my personal story, having grown up in Ethiopia to a certain degree was something I was familiar with and uh, dear to my heart as well as um, 
I knew people and just something that I, I wanted to uh, learn and work closely with. And so it was kind of a, a very fitting project for me with what my community needed, but what was what I was passionate about as well. And so what I ended up doing um, was starting out with grassroots soccer, GRS uh, programs with the, with the kids in my community. And um, so that was just waste for playing soccer and educating about HIV along the way. Um, and from that, I uh, ended up doing a mass testing uh, event in my community where I was able to bridge the gap between my district, um, my district workers and having them come out to my village and do a mass testing event uh, for of 150 people. And so um, those were some of the works I was able to do in aspect of HIV education. Well, wow, that sounds sounds like you were very active and uh, uh, congrats on, on getting that many people involved in that mass uh, testing campaign. I know sometimes it's, it's hard to get people mobilized and uh, 150 is a lot of people. It is a lot of people. And I mean, this was um, the uh, very close to my end of service. And after, you know, many trials and errors of trying to do an event like this for all two years, mm -hmm. um, but definitely one of my, my highlights, uh, achievements of my service in, in Zambia. And now being, uh, being African of African descent, mm -hmm. did that pose any unique challenges or opportunities as a Peace Corps volunteer for you? Um, yeah, it's interesting that you asked that because at, at first um, it was interesting because my uh, previous volunteers in my community, they were not health volunteers. Um, um, some argue culture and education volunteers were um, Caucasian descents. And so when my community um, welcomed me they were they were they were very curious and they were just not sure how this was probably going to go out because for the longest time uh they didn't um see me as american some some people in my community were were, were not sure and um you know after building that trust and building those relationships i think it allowed me to have a better bonding experience with my community definitely with my host family um, because we were able to relate about some of the things. I shared some of my stories of growing up in Ethiopia. And um, it was interesting because some of my family members um, who were living in Ethiopia or visiting at the time came over to, to Zambia and, and met my host family and stuff. And so that, that really allowed for a better um, understanding of who I am to my family and my community. And um I think it, it, it strengthened our, our bond and the relationship we had for sure. Mm -hmm. And were your interactions a little bit different uh, with your fellow volunteers uh, be, because of, of being a, of African descent? Um, I think it allowed for um, kind of bridging that gap where maybe misunderstandings um, happened with my community with when it comes to understanding other volunteers or volunteers just trying to understand Zambians in general. Um, obviously, this is very general in my own personal experience. But um, in this case, I, I, I think it, it served as a as a very resourceful tool to to kind of, um, especially in situations where it came to, uh, you know, going out to the market 
and and bargaining and interacting with the women when when they saw that I was um, one in the same with them, but I had my fellow um, volunteers from all you know all over the U.S. Um, with me. It kind of um, helped to to relate with them, and 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 I think just kind of if if someone was unfamiliar with a Peace Corps volunteer or something because they they knew me, they they associated with me as a Peace Corps volunteer, but also as an African American, and so I think it helped bridge the gaps on both ends. Mm-hmm. And. And now getting into your Peace Corps service and some of the memories that you had from your service, uh, is there a favorite memory that you have from your time in Zambia? Um, yeah, some of my favorite memories, there's plenty, but some of, one, of one, one very highlight was when my mother um, came to visit. Um, this was shortly after, probably on my, on my second year. Yeah, on my second year, she came to visit and Um, she, I wasn't able to like get her from the capital city in Lusaka, um, because I had a program going on in my village at that time, an HIV related project that I wanted to be there. And so she, she traveled, um, down to my village by herself and took a local transport and things. And I was just very impressed to, uh, to see how well she adapted. And to my surprise, even on the first day as she arrived, she she just made improvements within my um, living arrangements. She one of the things <laughs> that uh, she just she adapted very quickly. And and my, to my surprise, my mother and I are very um, alike in ways. But she um, I I had a lid over my my boozy my my toilet, and uh, I had to bend over to, to kind of pick it up and stuff. And she was like, "Why don't you just create like a this this um lever that can kind of help you pick it up?" And the moment she got there, she was like already getting to work and and being crafty and improving things in my house. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> she just got here." And then on top of that, she bonded very well with my host family. Um, her and my host mom were were cooking meals together, and she she said it felt very much to her the way that she grew up um, back in Ethiopia and some of the rural parts in her childhood, and um, it was just really impressive to me because here I was kind of having a challenge um, adjusting, and you know it was all a new experience to me because I grew up in the city. And my mom just came and stole the show and um, bonded really well with my host family as if she had been there all along. And I was just impressed, but a really highlight for sure as well. Um, so that of many were uh, good times indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I know that you also got to experience a a village wedding uh, during during your service, and I did as well. But uh, I was on the outside looking in. I got invited to to several weddings uh, while a volunteer because uh, you tend to be sort of recognized as like the special person within the community. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the you're the Peace Corps volunteer, so you get invited to everything. So I got to go yeah. to a lot of weddings, but you had a very different uh, wedding experience. Uh, I did. Uh, so what exactly is your wedding experience? Um, yeah, for my wedding experience, I um, the wedding was for me. I was the bride in that particular moment. And um, it happened when a fellow volunteer and myself um, 
dating in Peace Corps had been very, very interesting and wanted to live together. And out of respect to um, my community and with Peace Corps, um, my community really encouraged uh, having a, a wedding ceremony. And um, we, we we wanted to as well. And so um, we experienced a lot of um, cultural uh, experiences that we would have never done so otherwise. And um, so it, it started with the, the host, my host family, my, my host mom. So my host family consisted of my, um, host mother and host sisters. I had five host sisters. Um, and my, my host father was away, um, at a, uh, prison in the district. Um, that's another story I'll tell you about, but, um, so, yeah, the, the women were all very excited to uh, show me the traditional ceremonies. And they said usually it takes about two weeks um, to prepare for, uh, for, for the woman to get prepared for her, her wedding day. And some of the, the steps to prepare for that is they, they teach her how to cook. They teach her how to um, kind of be a better household um, have, have a better household. And, uh, it was, it was very interesting experiences. Cause I, I, you know, within the short time frame that we had, I said, I, I kind of want to know what are the most important things you, you guys want me to learn. And, um, to my surprise, they, the woman took me aside and, and we, they kind of did a sexual education with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, it was an interesting experience nonetheless. And I, I just really appreciated getting to know more about the Zambian culture and, uh, and to be specific, we're talking about the Bemba, the Bemba tribe, um, where, where I served. And, um, so I really t- appreciated the woman took taking me in and, and just kind of showing me all the, all the preps and, and how long it takes, um, and what are the traditional ceremonies and, and how they view marriage and, um, it was it was a really interesting experience. And then once once they took me aside, they allowed some of my uh, fellow female Peace Corps volunteers to join and also be a part of that experience. And what pretty much ended up happening is we we played some music and we all danced, and uh, it was all these interesting like dance movements. And um, we we really just had kind of like a bachelorette party <laughs> within the village for me. And so. That was that was a good time, and 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 I know the men did something very similar as well, but maybe definitely not as as long as of a process as mine was. I'm I'm well well aware of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you were you were dating uh, someone in the Peace Corps. Uh, you wanted to live together, um, mm-hmm. so you guys got married. Now, how was how was dating in the Peace Corps? Do you have? Any thoughts about it, uh, advice, or maybe we could also get into the sort of uh, your current status with your, um, I guess, boyfriend, husband at the time. Um, yeah, so generally, as, as far as uh, my perspective to dating and Peace Corps, um, I noticed, you know, some, some of some things that work within your time in the Peace Corps might not ideally work back here at home in the U S and, um, with that being said, I think, um, our, our relationship and our time together was very fitting and appropriate for the circumstance that we were in. Um, and so I, I do want to share that as a, my person, from my personal point of view that, um, it, 
what what may feel like you know kind of in that moment what feels like this is going to be a, a a permanent solution to things um, is not always that way and sometimes we can be um, short-sighted when we are in those situations because um, some some decisions that you um, make in Peace Corps are not are not um, are, are different to some of the decisions that you were made if you were outside of Peace Corps. Um, and so um, it was, it was a very eye-opening experience and I, I, I wouldn't change anything. I'm, I'm glad I was able to experience all of that and, and gain the lessons that I did. Um, but now, now that we're back in the U S we're, we're just cordial um, friends and um, that's, that's how we've, we've decided to, to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always found Peace Corps relationships to be uh, very interesting, to say the least. I had a, I had a girlfriend in Peace Corps uh, mm-hmm. that that ended during service, but I saw a lot of uh, fellow volunteers who um, met people during their service uh, mm-hmm. that they can tried to continue once they got back to the United States. But then, yeah, you start realizing that a lot of things that made the relationship work were very mm-hmm. much based on. Uh, the situation at the time, being in, mm-hmm. being in Peace Corps and and just the lifestyle there, and that it yeah. doesn't really translate uh, yeah. <laughs> back to the yeah. United States. That you're, I wouldn't say you're a different person uh, back home, but maybe a little bit. Uh, in a way, I think so. You definitely um, change, or you you have a different perspective when when you're not under those circumstances anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It is, and 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 I mean, as as we are uh, well known for a lot of a lot of people who do serve together do end up together, and and in my case, or or not, um, and so it's it's all very circumstantial, um, and um, yeah, the, the experience was definitely worthwhile. But I I think to to any um, future. PC, Peace Corps volunteers listening or um, anyone listening to this, I, I think it's an interesting perspective to have in mind of how dating in the Peace Corps can be like versus dating in the U.S. Because um, things in the Peace Corps kind of move very fast. You're, you're, you're there for that time frame. And um, because you are in those circumstances together, you, you bond a lot quicker than mm-hmm. you would otherwise in other places where you know, you could be dating for six months or, or however it is, and, and things could be very different. And so um, it's definitely good to to keep that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen uh, Peace Corps relationships that started in Peace Corps that uh, kind of <laughs> blew up once they, they came back to the United States. But also, I, mm-hmm. I was just uh, last month, I went to a, a wedding. Actually, uh, they met in Peace Corps service in Zambia. Uh, mm-hmm. They, oh, they nice. met at the very, very beginning, and they've been dating for five years, six years. Uh, and, yeah. you know, they got married. So it's, you, yeah. you definitely, you definitely have Peace Corps relationships, uh, that work. Uh, sure. but I, I don't have a good stat on, you know, being interesting yeah. to see of, of the relationships at certain Peace Corps, how many, um, sort of sort of make it and survive uh, being back in in America yeah for sure it's 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 all uh, very different and you know each each circumstance has its own set of scenarios so um, yeah but that was just one part of my my Peace Corps experience along with many other um, good experiences that I had so 
Glad mm-hmm. I get to share that. And you you said that your your father w- was not present. Uh, your your host father uh, in in Peace Corps service wasn't present during this wedding uh, because he was in prison. Uh, what was he in prison for? Yeah, and so um, it was interesting because uh, I think two weeks before I arrived in my community, I was informed that my host father, along with um, the headman in my uh, village and a couple of others were um, arrested and in prison for for poaching, um, and um, obviously not not something I I support in any way. But it was it was it was a very um, interesting experience because I got to you know witness my host family kind of experiencing the absence of a host father and them luckily being able to visit him every so often but um they you know it, i i thought it was interesting because this was something that they've done for their livelihood for many many years and um of course now we we i not to encourage that in any way but um to have you know not had a, a host father present um during my service also um allowed for some female empowerment um, moments within my host with, with my host mother and host sisters and uh, a lot of um, educations and conversations that we had um, in regards to, to that we were able to, to, to turn it into a positive situation. And, and my host father did visit um, on certain holidays when, when he got a break. Um, but it definitely, um, was interesting because they, I, I don't know the, the full system in, in Zambia in regards to the justice system, but I kept hearing, oh, he's going to be released, he's going to be released, and it was it was something that was being dragged out. And, you know, at, at some points in my service, I thought, you know, we had exact date that he would, he would be out, and I was thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have a host father um, during my service that, you know, I'm excited to experience that, but that, that never happened. And, and it was just him visiting sporadically and, and, um, my host family going to visit him uh, when they were able to in the, in the district in the BOMA. And so, um, that's, that's definitely something that I think, um, there, you know, the community and, and in sub-Saharan Africa, we're doing a lot of education for to prevent poaching, um, whether it be by local people, but also, uh, you know, outsiders and, and, and tourists um, coming. Um, and yeah, that's, that's something that needs more attention. Um, and, and just kind of having a, maybe a better way to do that, because it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, something that they've, they've done for their livelihood, um, you know, to feed their family and their community um, was was taking an offense. And now my my host family uh, does not have, you know, a host father. My, my host sisters grew up without a host father. Um, and so, I mean, it, it it's kind of common to to some some things in, in the U.S., you know, with maybe petty offenses and other things um, that happened here as well. But um yeah, definitely something that that needs more um, education and, and attention to it. And, you know, each is all circumstantial as well, but um, not not to be continued um, with poaching, obviously discouraging poaching. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely a hard topic to grapple with once you start mm-hmm. 
looking at the other side of it and the human aspects of what's actually driving them to poach. What are the economic considerations? What, what's like? What's what's the side that we don't see? Because a exactly. lot of times, you know, as Americans, we look at oh, you're killing these beautiful animals, oftentimes yeah. endangered species that yeah. we should be preserving, but. I mean, they're they're not. A lot of times, they're not killing uh, just for this for the sake of it. There's of killing exactly. It's not trophies or anything yeah. that they're taking back. This is how they feed their families in some cases. So, mm-hmm. do you do you happen to know what he was poaching? Um, from from what I found out, I think I did. I definitely heard it was it was three three big animals. One of them I know for sure was a zebra. Um, the, the other two, I'm not certain about, um, but I know for sure in total, it was, it was three, three, um, animals that they were caught poaching and that they, they served time for. And it was, it was five men, um, from, from my community who were all, you know, missing, uh, but who were out on this trip together as well. So, and my host father being one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, I don't know. I have so many different uh, thoughts or feelings uh, about poaching uh, from yeah. one one being a volunteer in sub-saharan africa and, mm-hmm. and seeing some of the traditional hunting practices cuz that's yeah. how how they lived and but then also you've got the the conservation side uh of it as well and then i had actually maybe a year ago now had posted a photo Mm-hmm. Uh, from a a volunteer who had come on uh, the podcast, and it was him uh, with a a gorilla arm that was mm. that his his family had poached this gorilla. Now I oh. think that poaching and killing a gorilla is absolutely horrible. I'm like yeah. I don't I don't support it. However, this is something that is kind of traditional and culturally appropriate to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But so so I I shared it to to sort of sort of start that uh discussion or that thinking and there was definitely a lot of backlash from mm-hmm. non peace corps volunteers mm-hmm. but then it seemed like peace corps volunteers tended to understand it's like you know yeah one side i completely disagree with it and i think it's a horrible exactly. thing however mm-hmm. it's it's never as easy <laughs> as we think yeah yeah it's 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 kind of hard to come in and and tell you know people that their way of life is, is incorrect and, you know, something that they've done for ages. And, and some of them, you know, they're, they're warriors passed down from generations and that's, that's their means of, of, um, of source of food. So it's, yeah, it's definitely very controversial and, and very conflicted about it. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Now being back in the U.S., is there anything you miss about your time in Zambia and your service as a volunteer? Um, yeah. So I've I've been back for a, about a year, like this past year now, just been a year. And um, one of the things I really miss was is um, being with my host family around our uh, bonfire at night and and exchanging meals. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to share with my family was through food. And so every Friday I had a um, tradition or routine where 
we would have kind of like a potluck. I would I would make a meal, they would cook some things, and we would exchange and and sit together. And sometimes some some of our um, community members outside of my family will join us. My my counterparts, the headmen at times, and um, that was a really uh, those were very fondest moments where. Um, because I would I would share Ethiopian food, you know, American food, and um, they they would always enjoy my cooking, and so <laughs> it was it was really nice to have those bonding moments with with the community um, at night and looking up at the stars and just having conversations um, late into the night, um, and sometimes dancing too, you know, when we would have a good time and they would play some music and and dance at night um, together. So those were definitely moments I I miss. For my time mm-hmm. in peace for. Yeah, I, I miss my my family meals outside with with my host family as well. Uh, were there were there any American foods that you shared with them that they particularly enjoyed? Um. Yeah. So some some breakfast meals. I would make pancakes and and um, eggs with that with them and kind of teach them how to do it as well and. Um, they they really enjoyed uh, French toast and and pancakes. So those those were things that you know we kind of had a tradition of like Saturday mornings um, that I would I would cook and have extra to share with them. And so um, I really enjoyed that. And I know you know other volunteers definitely eat you know all their meals with their host families when when they're in the village and things. But um, I I wanted to. Um, exchange uh cooking cooking experiences you know with them lessons with them and uh it it really allowed for me to uh share uh my culture my ethiopian background with them in in that form and um some some favorite traditional american meals as well mm-hmm. yeah my family also enjoyed uh french toast and pancakes but then there were <laughs> a, a few things that i made that they did not like uh, uh, <laughs> like what one, one, one being uh, like spaghetti like real spaghetti because they did spaghetti uh, that had mm-hmm. like this thin oily tomato sauce was like no i'm going to mm-hmm. make them uh real marinara my mother's italian yeah. so i just <laughs> early in the morning like had cooked this uh, marinara sauce down all day had gotten like really good uh, Parmesan cheese to put on top of it, you know, properly cooked al, al dente noodles, not like mm-hmm. boiled to death. And they mm-hmm. were just, they just like, there's way too much sauce. The, <laughs> the, the noodles are not soft enough and we don't know about this cheese stuff. Uh, so they, they were not having um, spaghetti uh, <laughs> that I made. Yeah. Uh, but did you have anything that sort of, that they didn't care for that you were surprised by? Um, I, I guess, I mean, for, for Christmas, the past, um, my last Christmas in the village, I cooked a, um, Ethiopian inspired, um, traditional food, dorowet. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's with chicken and a lot of sauce and, and stew. And, um, I, I remember I, I shared it as like, cause I mean, it was, it was even a big deal for me to have prepared it. I remember asking my mom for, for the recipe and the ingredients and, and just kind of everything that would go into it. And um, it was a lot of work. And to my surprise, um, they, they weren't as excited about some of the other things I've cooked for them before. And um, probably because just as you said, it was way too saucy, um, some similar like marinara and things like that. And so um, they overall, they enjoyed most of my cooking, but that one particularly 
I remember it, it, we had way more leftover than we usually would. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds like for both of us, it, uh, the things that were least enjoyed were the the things that came like from our mother's <laughs> traditions yeah. and, and cooking and things exactly. that we uh, kind of grew up on, uh, which is funny. Yeah. And I think it also had to do with, with uh, spicy food. They, they really don't, um, my host family really did not like a lot of spicy food. I think most Zambians don't like a lot of spicy food, salty. Mm. That's very common. Um, but spicy, they, they didn't enjoy too much of. And so they probably thought it was way too hot. Um, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And is there anything in particular that you learned uh, from being a Peace Corps volunteer? Um, one of the things I definitely um, learned and reaffirmed about myself is how um, adaptable I am um, in, in new situations. Um, I... I, I stayed very optimistic uh, for most parts of my service, and um, I, I was surprised. Just kind of, um, you know, with as as any Peace Corps volunteer, it's just we experience a lot. There's a lot of changes, um, new people. You're constantly, um, you know, uh, having to readjust to so many people and so many things. And I was I was surprised that I um, I, I adapted very well and just got very comfortable within my uh, community kind of towards the end, it was, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. And it was, um, I mean, not because I wasn't open to change and in, in sense to other, the next chapter, but um, I, I realized, you know, having not had any of these experiences as, you know, growing up in a rural, rural settings and things um, I, I adjusted very well and, and uh, had things to keep me going Um as, as we, as we do, as Peace Corps volunteers do. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned that about myself and I didn't, I didn't think I would, I would do or stick it out as long as I did. There were some parts where, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, it's a year and a half and, and time is going. And, um, where beforehand I was, I had no idea what I was going into. And, um, to, to kind of add to the story, I initially was going to serve in Peace Corps Ecuador, um, I wanted to continue to learn Spanish, um, and I a month before I was to leave to Ecuador, the earthquake happened, and um, my whole plans had changed. And I remember the the replacement officer was telling me, you know, all your options are are in Africa, and um, you know, you just you we we choose where we like serve where where you are asked to. Um, and I, I was surprised at how, how well I adapted and accepted the change and, and kind of the reality and, and went with it. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely a lesson I learned about myself and, and was able to strengthen during my time there, being adaptable and flexible and a go-getter. Mm-hmm. And did you apply specifically to Ecuador um, I did. So yeah, I was a part of the the new application. And so I applied to um, all, all three of my choices were in um, Latin and South America. And um, Ecuador was my third option. And I, I was selected for it. Um, so yeah, and you know, everything was was set, I had known for months in advance. And, and you know, I had bought all these books thinking I was gonna perfect my Spanish and stuff. 
And a month before leaving, um, they, they kind of changed it. And I remember the, the officer was telling me, he's like, you have 30 minutes to, to decide in Uganda because they're buying plane tickets right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other one was Ethiopia. And I was like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be kind of like, I was like, I'm from Ethiopia. And he was like, nope, doesn't matter. But the, the Ethiopia program was for English education. And um, I really wanted to do health education. And so my third choice was Zambia, uh, you know. So um, and it was interesting because my, my sister had been living in Zambia at, at the time. Um, my, my older sister, uh, my biological sister, and, uh, she, she told me, you know, about it. And, and some of the things she, she told me was like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the rule settings are, but you know, here, here's a little bit about the culture. Um, you know, there are some things with witchcraft and stuff and just general information. I was just like, had no idea what I was going into and just having decided a month before. And I was like, okay, well, here I go. Um, and so yeah, it made for an interesting experience, but a very delightful one nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. and you've been back uh, for about a year. Do you mm-hmm. feel that you've been able to keep, uh, I guess, the the essence of Peace Corps sort of uh, alive now as you've been transitioning back to a, an American life and some of those things that you liked? Because I know that I grapple with that there were there were so many things that I loved about being a Peace Corps volunteer. The fact mm-hmm. that I got to, you know, go out and talk to people and my, my whole day was just all about interacting with my community and being a part of my community and seeing how I could help. Mm-hmm. And then now back in the United States, well, I, I do have a full-time 40-hour-a-week job, so that takes mm-hmm. up a lot of time and, impo- and, mm-hmm. and imposes uh, more structure than I would probably like on my days. And there's other yeah. things, but, but it's always like, you know, how can I how can I keep these things alive that I, I loved as a volunteer? So have you been able to to do that and in what ways? Um, interesting that you asked that um, because I... I've, I've been trying to be very mindful of, of how my life was in Peace Corps and um, some of the ways that I think, you know, uh, I've been able to continue that is obviously being an ambassador uh, to, to my family and friends about, you know, Zambia and kind of sharing the stories and um, reliving those experiences. But also, um, I, I recently just moved uh, to California from um, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm now living in San Francisco. And um I'm, I'm realizing that the community aspect of it and kind of volunteerism and, and being more involved. And so I'm, I'm starting to, to do more of those things. Um, but one of the ways I really have been able to continue Peace Corps lifestyle um, and, and, and perspective is, is in my um, approach to uh, minimalism. I, I, I just don't think I have as many things as I did before when I came back, I, I did kind of a mass cleaning and, and I, I gave away a lot of things and I, I, I now I'm able to um, have less things and be more happier. And that allows me to, um, to, to travel and, and to, to, you know, give more of myself to my community and, and family and friends. Um, and, uh, you know, last about, well, I just came back from Colombia um, two days ago um, where I, I felt like I was kind of back in Peace Corps to some degree, kind of the, the local transportations we were taking and experiences we were having with with um, local, like we went to, uh, my brother and I 
um, traveled to Colombia and we went to local villages and things. And I said, it's like, I feel like I'm back in Peace Corps. This is nice. This feels very familiar. And I, and I really in, enjoyed it just kind of interacting. And so I think I'm, I'm able to keep um, my experiences that way and, and continuing to travel and, and be out of my element and, um, you know, meeting new people and have new experiences. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Continuing travel, especially internationally is, uh, a mm-hmm. good way of doing it. I've I've noticed post Peace Corps any time that I travel, uh, definitely when internationally, but I also try to bring it when even I'm uh, being a a tourist in my own uh, country or even in my own city. Sort of those yeah. those Peace Corps ideals of just putting yourself out there, walking yeah. into shops and being like, "Hey, what exactly. do you guys sell? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Let's talk." Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a new set of eyes when when you come back after a Peace Corps volunteer because you know all all the interactions um you I mean you realize what in so many directions you can have meet different people and and have different encounters and it's all kind of about being open and and that's what mm-hmm. Peace Corps allowed me to do for for that whole time I was there you're you're kind of just out there for people to approach you to have interactions with you and um. I, I definitely want to want to continue to 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 be that way and to be receptive even here in the U.S. and also while while traveling abroad. So, yeah. Mm. Well, is there is there anything else uh, that you feel that you should share about your service in particular, your life in Zambia, or anything at large that we haven't uh, touched upon? Um, I, I would like to, um, continue to, um, emphasize on the importance of, you know, being outside of your, your comfort zone. I think, um, as, as I have, when I came back from, from the Peace Corps to some degree, you're kind of readjusting and, and we get back in our comfort zone and our, in our cocoons and, and you don't, you know, you're like, this, this is normal, but I, you know, it's important to uh, continue to challenge yourself and, and, uh, emphasize, like being outside of your comfort zone. And so, um, I encourage, uh, more PCVs to, to continue to do that within their own communities, within nearby countries. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at how, how much I was able to do, um, during my time in Peace Corps, um, both within my community, but also, and, and travels and different things. Um, and so it, um, it's been one of the, the best decisions I've made for my lives and, and to continue to, um, to be open to experiences and lessons, you know, definitely, um, keeping in perspective, the lessons I, I've learned while in Peace Corps, whether in regards to, to dating, um, to relationships with my host families and different things. And we kind of continue to, to bridge that gap, continue to have the relationship with my host family. I still call my host family till this day. Um, I still touch base with them and I'm, I'm, I'm working on planning on visiting them in the near future and stuff. And so, um, yeah, just continue to explore. I think those that's definitely one of the major things Peace Corps um, allowed me to to experience. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been a pleasure uh, getting to know a little bit more about your service, your experience in Zambia. To close out the show, do you have a favorite quote or local saying that you would like to share? Um, yeah, I have a local saying. Um, it's not... It's uh, it's not really a proverb of any sort, but it's it's something that when uh, my 
um, local teachers taught me, I thought, oh, interesting, this kind of has a double meaning to a certain degree. Um, and it's, um, and they say, ichindike, and that means um, respect yourself. And, you know, you would kind of address someone if, if they're either misbehaving or something is happening, and you need to tell that person, you respect yourself. And um, I thought it's also interesting, instead of saying, like, respect me, it's not, it's not a very egotistic form or anything, but kind of respect yourself out of respect to yourself and others, um, you know, kind of behave. And uh, I've had to use it many times in service. Um, and it's something that I still uh, keep in mind and and uh, I, I continue to share while I'm here. So ichindike is, is the form. So, yeah. Ichindike. Mm-hmm. Well, that that is perfect. Uh, thank you for that. And... Uh, Thank you for spending some time with me and the listeners of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate this. And there you have it. Another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. Thank you for spending some time with me and uh, listening to uh, Sina's story uh, about serving in Zambia. If you uh, like the show, be sure to subscribe so you get a new episode delivered to you every single Tuesday when I release them. And as I said at the very beginning of this show, if you are a returned Peace Corps volunteer or even a a current Peace Corps volunteer, share with your fellow volunteers this podcast and encourage people to come on and tell their story. There are sign-up forms uh, a few different places on the website. They can always reach out to me via social media. Uh, I would love to hear from you and help share your story with the rest of the world. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours?